Hi, welcome to Conversations with Kerry. I'm your host, Kerry Douglas. So here we are, the very first episode of Conversations with Kerry. And if I'm honest, I'm totally bricking it because I've got no idea how this is going to go. However, I do have a few people lined up already for future conversations, so that's positive. So I guess because it's the first episode, an excellent way would be to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about my story and why it's important that people should be hearing what I say without being biased. So you know my name is Kerry. I was born in Gateshead, Newcastle, in 1984, which makes me 37 years young. I have three beautiful children whom I adore. Currently, I live in Wallasey, which is a little town, a little peninsula in Merseyside. I haven't always been blessed. Not at all. I was dealt a pretty poor hand when I entered this world. Um, I was born in, like, Gateshead, where I say, like, and... Unfortunately, my mum's got mental health issues, so she wasn't able to to maintain a stable lifestyle either. So we were like, yeah, we go up and down the country between London and Newcastle. I don't actually recall living in a house longer than six months when I was younger. I had multiple schools. So it's safe to say, growing up, I was very unsettled and I didn't have many instincts within me to stay grounded and by the time I'd hit 13 I'd been put into care when I was 11 and that just made me feel completely abandoned I'd already been scarred and traumatized by the lifestyle of moving around so often and my mum not being able to really parent it, it was difficult anyway. So when I got put into care and it was only me that got put into care, that really upset me. And I just felt like sticking my two fingers up at the world, as you do. I mean, let me just throw it out there. If you're a kid, like 11, 12, you, you're already going through the transitions of going from little school to big school that's hard enough, like primary school to secondary school, that's hard enough. But then when you go from all of them transitions that you're going through at a teenage years anyway, when you're going through that and then added pressure of, well, nobody wants me, you know, and not to mention the fact I also have ADHD. So that created more chaos within my life. So, yeah, it's safe to say I was a bit angry I was a bit resentful towards my peers and people I was surrounded by so when I was in foster care I was an absolute little minx I would run rings around social services but I just felt like they didn't really care about me I just felt like I was being palmed off pillar to post you know just sent from here to there to everywhere so I just started running away when I was 13, I was running off up to the West End, bunking off school, thinking I was clever. Yeah, no one can touch me. A bit like Boris Johnson at the minute. Huh, I can't touch this. Sorry. Um, yeah, this is my conversation, by the way. So I'm going to talk about whatever I like. Sorry. By the way, throwing in a little disclaimer about myself. I am a bit weird. I'm a bit wacky, but I'm also quite wonderful, apparently. So please forgive me 
if I go a bit tangent, it's the ADHD in me, and I'm super flipping excited about this episode because, you know, who knows what the future brings in it. So anyway, back to the story. Um, 13, sticking my middle finger up at social services and all my peers and the people that my role model, should we say, and I started running away up west and I found myself missing a train one day and meeting a group of homeless people on the Strand in London as you come out of Charing Cross train station. Now, every night there's soup kitchens and, like, charities, church services that go down to the Strand and they bring food. There's quite a few of them, to be honest. Like, different times, they all come at different times because they know there's one before or one after. It's time to quite right, actually. You could be standing there for three hours and still be getting fed within that three hours. So anyway, I was quite drawn to this community on the Strand. I thought, yeah, do you know what? They're just like me. They're just, like, I got chatting to them and it just felt like, you know, when you, what is it? You know, when you when you meet someone and you just feel that connection, you just feel like, yeah, man, I get this person and they get me. And I just felt so drawn to that. I just thought, yeah, I, I felt like nobody gave a monkeys about me. I was just so easily passed around like a hot potato within my family. And then I was in care and then I was passed around. But all right, yeah, I did run away and I did cause crazy chaos. But still, I was a child and nobody ever stopped to say, do you know what, Kerry, what do you want? What do you need? What would make you feel happy? What would make you stop running away? And I would have just said, you know what, I just want someone to love me. I just want someone to actually get me and understand me because I'm not naughty. I'm not outspoken or ignorant or rude. I have a mental health issue that prevents me from functioning the same way as normal people do. But that sounds bad saying that because that's not true either. Because you know what, my ADHD is my superpower, just saying. Anyway, moving on. So... I was really drawn to this this community of of homeless people and that's where I ended up being for the next few years so I was running away running away I went to live in Eastbourne for a bit because and Crawley at one point because they had um run out of placements for me because I, I just kept running away I just wanted to be home I just wanted to go home to my mum but that was never going to happen because in reality she didn't want me there and that's something I've had to come to terms with and that's something I live with now breaks my heart but it is what it is so this this young teenager female mental health issues no concept of settlement whatsoever completely completely written off by social services and school and you know, just hard to handle. Now, thankfully, there has been a lot of research into things like ADHD and autism and stuff, and you, there's lots of connections you can see within within services, like homeless services or substance abuse services. There's always a connection, and nine times out of ten, the person that is using the service has some sort of mental health issue. So, like... That speaks volumes for where my head was at as a teenager. It doesn't speak for the adults that let me down, though. But we're not going on a rant right now. It wasn't the adults. They were just doing their job. It was just gaps in the system, really. So anyway, I feel like I'm still going tangent. 
Um, mind you, we're only eight minutes into this conversation, so it's all gravy. Um, yeah, so 13, running away, 16, hit 16, and I felt like nobody gave a toss about me anymore because there was nowhere for me to go. I'd been in and out of supported accommodation. That didn't work out. I just thought, yeah, do you know what? I've got I've got freedom. Nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody cares about me anyway, so I'm going to go up the West End. Then when I was 17, I became addicted to crack. And it was a very short addiction. It lasted, like, literally weeks. But it, it happened. So I decided, right, okay, I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to go back to Newcastle where I was born and I'm going to try and break away and start again. And... Off I went back to Newcastle, turned up at social services in Gateshead. And now I can understand with Bexley Social Services the fact that there's no placements left for me because I've actually burnt every bridge that was there. But moving to Gateshead, that's a new borough now, yeah. So there is plenty of placements, plenty of services that they can offer me that I haven't already exhausted. Okay, now... I'm not saying my behaviour was correct. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not condoning that behaviour. However, I was a young person. I was a teenager and I was also under a full care plan until I was 21. So can I just point out there, right, because I thought this this morning and I don't want to forget to add this bit into the podcast because it's really quite one to think about, you know. Now, social services are quite happy to come in and remove your child for neglect And that's what they did. They said I was going to neglect my son, my baby, and that I wasn't going to be able to look after him because I was too chaotic, okay? So can I just throw it out there? If that's the case, what about me? When they were were literally my legal guardians and they neglected to care for me or they neglected to find a resource for me when I was still under their care. So surely that's neglect, isn't it? They neglect their duty to help me. Even if I was 17, I was still under their care. They still had an obligation to help me. So just saying again, you know, these are things that don't really get talked about. You know, there was something in The Guardian the other day. I will get back to my story in a minute. And I'm not really going tangent because it's stuff that I think should be covered. But I was reading an article in The Guardian the other day and it's about care leavers and you know, it was so true. I'll find the I'll find the Guardian link and I'll put it into the bio of this, the description of this podcast, because it's quite it's a heart wrencher to be fair. And basically it's talking about 16, that's still children. Now teenagers still teenagers are still children. I have a 17-year-old, and although, yeah, he's independent, he doesn't live with me, never, like, he's never lived with me because he was adopted because the local authority decided I couldn't look after him. But even my 12-year-olds, who I have looked after, I just watch and I just think, right, they're approaching the age I was when I fell through the gaps, when I started running away, when I felt misunderstood. Um, my son has possibly got ADHD as well, so as you can imagine, it's quite difficult and... In fact, it's not quite difficult. It's flipping extremely difficult. He is going through hormonal changes. He is struggling with his emotions and displaying them. And, like, 
he's just showing me signs of me when I was that age, you know, and he's got a good life. I, I try my best to give them the best that I can. You know, all right, we haven't got rainbows and butterflies all the time, but it's the best we can have, you know, for what we've got. So I don't understand sometimes where the behaviour comes from. Then I realise, actually, if he's got ADHD, then that's why. And it really, like, because I'm already exposed to that, I know that I can, I can see that when I'm, like, when I, when I'm exposed to that, I can identify that immediately because I know what I'm looking for. So I just think, well, my kids are 12, and would I be kicking them out onto the street and giving them a pound to go and ring Childline? Nah, mate, I wouldn't, because they're precious. And then in four years' time, when they hit 16, am I going to tell them to go and jog on now, job done? No, I'm a parent for life, yeah? And unfortunately, for some reason, care leavers, they have had, excuse the language, but they've had shit thrown at them all their life, and people letting them down all their life, and now they're 16 and they're told to jog on. Well, hang on, how do you think that makes them feel? Like, oh, I could rant about this for hours, but basically care leavers are just falling through the gaps because they're being discharged from care at 16, even though the local authority have been given the obligation to look after them till they're 18 or 21 yet they want to diminish responsibility at 16 because they want to neglect their responsibility. <sighs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Guys, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm an honest person. I will speak my mind every time. Some people ain't going to like it, but you know what? When you've been through what I've been through and been around the block as many times as I have, you don't really care for sugarcoating. Again, <laughs> Just saying. I should really call this podcast Just Saying, shouldn't I? But that idea, tried and tested years ago and failed. But let's hope this one is a success. <sighs> Breathe and move on. Because you know what? It, so much to come into this first podcast. It's not all about me. That's not what I want to do here. This is not about promoting me and oh, woe is me, feel sorry for me. This is my story. Ooh, that's not what I want to be doing here. That's not what it's about. What it's about is changing mindsets. It's about changing perspectives. It's about changing bloody systems, man. Because let's face it, there are more holes in the government system than a tetanus teapad. And I can run all day pointing out the gaps that people fall through, but it ain't going to bring that change. My life mission is to be the change I want to see. It's to encourage and inspire others that by sharing my story and other people's stories of transformation, we all have the right for our best life, don't we? We all deserve love and nurture. Unfortunately, some people have been born without care. With Sorry can't even speak properly now. Some people are born without choice into a life that has caused them nothing but trauma, leaving them lost, alone, and even falling into the gaps of homelessness. Like, the amount of people I know on the streets. I mean, all right, quick story. A couple of weeks ago, I was in London. Oh, my kids went to London to stay with their dad over Christmas. And I couldn't collect them on time because I'd caught COVID. Now, I live in Liverpool, say. Or, uh, it's not quite Liverpool, but it's near enough Liverpool. I live in Liverpool. They're in London. Isolation, COVID, blah, blah, blah. So I couldn't get them. 
So when I'd come out of isolation, I decided to surprise them and pick them up and take them to a hotel for a couple of nights. And I mean, yeah, that's way past my budget, but it was worth it because it's memories with my babies. But the most bizarre thing happened right outside, right? So I came out the train station when I first arrived and there was this guy sitting there begging and like outside Marks and Spencer's at Euston Station. And I said to him, do you know what? I said, what are you using? And he went, like, I had a little chat with him first. And um, I had this voice in my head saying, if if he's honest, give him some money. If he's not, just, like, get him a drink or something. So I, I said to him, I said, um, after a little conversation, I said, so are you on anything? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I was going to, I thought you were going to be dishonest. So I wasn't prepared to give you any money. I said, but there you go. And I gave him a fiver. And I went across the road, checked into the hotel, the travel lodge opposite Euston Station. Um, and it was literally across the flipping road. The thing is, it was bugging me for ages. I was like, I know this guy. I swear I know this guy. So when I came back out of the hotel, after dropping my stuff off, I came up to go and pick the kids up from um, near Wimbledon. Well, I actually went to Wimbledon to pick them up. And um, this guy was sitting there again still. And I was like... I swear I know you, I swear I know you. He went, yeah, I feel the same way, you know. So anyway, off I went, gone and got the kids. And then I didn't see him until the next day. Well, the kids and I had went to Pizza Express on King's Cross Road. And walking back, we went, we had to go to the shop. And we had, like, the pizza. Now, I'm not saying this because I want credit, by the way. I don't really care. I'm just saying it was, I'm just telling you the story as it happened. Um, so we walked along and I needed to go to the shop next to the, um, to the hotel. Well, I call it a hotel. It was horrible. Sorry, travelers, but it was grimy for the price. It was ridiculous. Um, let's see, I shouldn't really say that, should I? But you know what? This is going out as it is. I'm not, start before you're ready, just saying. <sighs> this pizza, three quarters, like three quarters of the pizza. So there weren't that much gone. Because like we had a pizza each, and they're quite big at Pizza Express, so I said to the kids, "Let's take it back, and we might munch it later." And then I saw this guy, the same guy, sat there begging. I went, "Wait there, kids!" And I went, and they came with me, and um, I gave them the pizza and some cigarettes, and um, we were chatting. And I said, "I swear I know you." And he went, "I know." I said, "I swear I know you too." Again, the same conversation, and my little girl pulled up her social media, like Facebook, and she got a picture up of me from my page and she showed him, like, from when I was back on the streets and that. And he went, oh, my days, I remember him. So I was like, oh, my gosh. And I, and I was like, and then we were chatting and chatting and chatting and we remembered each other. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, 13 years ago, I've been off the streets, people, just saying. I swear that's going to be my caption, just saying. But... You know, it's still there, still there. And I just, like, it breaks my heart. And I just said to him, do you know what, babe? You know me now, and you can see how much I've turned around. Yeah, I'm not flush or whatever. I gave him some more money. I'm not going to say how much, but I gave him some more money. And I said to him, yeah, go and, go and sort yourself out, mate. You don't need to be sitting out here begging in the cold. Because I've been there. I know how it feels. And, yeah, people might penalise me because I gave him some money and told him to go and get what he needed to get to get through. I don't care. Because you know what? Until you've actually been there, you can't judge me. Just saying. I'm going to stop saying, just saying. <sighs>
How many times? If anyone can count how many times I say just say it in this podcast, I'll give them a free book. Just saying. <laughs> okay. I don't like reading from scripts. I haven't got a script. I've got like three pages sat in front of me with little prompters to remind me. So I am literally doing this real raw and honest. So by being a voice of hope, my aim is to strip away those conditioned beliefs that society has grown up on. Those stigmatic labels of vagrant, tramp, junkie, smackhead, pisshead. You know, it's just like, hang on a minute. They're not them things. They are human beings. That's what they do. That's not who they are. Okay? I want to throw out, throw out there, right? So just picture the scene. So I'm sitting in my, my little boy's gaming chair and it's a bit squeaky. So forgive the little sounds in the background. I'm trying to pretend that I'm in the room with you guys, like individually, just having a proper, like, natter. Uh, so, yeah. Um, oh, of course, I can say now. When you come home from work, what? Oh, you've had a really stressful day, and it's like nobody's listening, and it's like you feel like, why buy a dog when I can bark myself, sort of thing. And you come home, and you just think, oh. And then the kids start, and it's just like, oh. And then it comes seven o'clock and you just think, yes, it's time. It's time. And you kick off your shoes and you, well, no, you, you go into the fridge and you pour yourself a large glass of wine or you get yourself a beer if that's what you prefer, if you're a beer person. And this is not aimed at females, by the way. This could be for the men out there too, because we all know how much a man loves to have a pint at the end of the day's work. So anyway... You're there and you're like, oh, and you take your first sip of wine or beer. You sit back, you put your feet up and you just go, tell me you ain't done that. (laughs) Tell me you ain't done that. Even if you don't drink, there is something there. It could be running a hot bubble bath. It could be anything, but everybody does something to wind down, to just go, to offload, to just let go. So when you're on the streets and it's cold, it is absolutely freezing. And you've been carrying a backpack all day, everywhere you go. And it's literally, you know, you've got shooting pains down the back like literally running down your spine because your muscles and your nerves are being caught with every step you take forward the summertime you're sweating (laughs) like you can't even you you have to hold your breath because your own scent just makes you feel like you want to pass out because it's so hot and sweaty and horrible like at the end of that day I just want a bevy I just want a nice cold Stella when I'm walking them streets with my backpack or when I've had abuse thrown at me because I'm a dirty little tramp or a dirty little smackhead, get a fucking job. That's what I used to get all the time. And so I'd be like, what is the point, man? I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take more drugs to block it all out. And that's what happens. It's to, to, to forget, to wind down, to, to eliminate... I don't know if that's a good picture that I've just painted, 
But like I said, real, raw, and flipping honest. I don't know how this podcast is going to go. Oh my gosh, I'm bricking it. But like I said, it's going out as it is. Start before you're ready. Thank you, Sean Cannot. <sighs> it's about understanding that substance abuse, all right, it may not be politically correct. But let's face it, 11 out of 12 toilets in Parliament tested positive for cocaine. Mm -hmm. Why is it okay for them, but it's not okay for someone who has no home, that has the shittest life going, to get bladdered? Look at it that way. Don't get me started on Partygate. I'm still brewing on that one with the old post that's to come, because, do you know, I'm sat there behaving myself, doing as I'm told, waiting for the restrictions to be lifted, to be able to go and meet my son for the very first time, who I was told 17 years ago I couldn't look after. Got reunited last year, just before the last lockdown. And I and I said, no, I'm going to behave, I'm going to be good. And that's really good for me because normally I don't give a toss about what people tell me when they tell me what to do. Um, part of the ADHD, so that's my excuse and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Struggles to come under authority. But when you've got an authority like our government, you don't really have any respect anyway. And especially when you've fallen through the gaps and been let down so often by the government as I have. Um, I'm absolutely appalled with them, to be honest. And I just think, do you know what? This is how our country's being run. Our children are falling through the gaps of the care system our brothers our sisters are falling through the mental health gaps you know and people are dying on the streets and all they want to do is get bladdered in the garden you know top-notch renovations in the flat and like just i'm gonna move on because i'm just gonna go tangent and ramble on about that You know, the government have so much to answer to. There are so many gaps that need to be filled, you know. I was watching the news this morning and it was talking about, um, and don't get me wrong when I say this, this humanitarian thing, right, so Afghanistan, it is heartbreaking, absolutely flipping heartbreaking. And I love that the UK want to help, like the UK government want to help. But the way I look at this, they've just allocated over £200 million for humanitarian fund. And just as the, the cost of living is rising and the eviction ban's been lifted and more and more people are ending up on the streets. I'm not being funny. The rate this country, the government's going with running this country, we're going to need another country's humanitarian fund because there ain't going to be no people in houses anymore because, oh, I feel like I've mashed this whole podcast up. Okay, so unfortunately, you only get 30 minutes to do this on the web browser, and I've just got cut off. And it felt like perfect timing because I actually felt like I'd mashed the whole podcast up. So we're actually on the next day now, guys. So it's not edited, though, like I said. Um, I'm literally just resuming the recording. Um, I really don't know how this is going to go because I don't know if I'm going to... 
lose a lot of respect because of the things I've already said. But I promised real, raw and honest, and that is what you're going to get. So <clears throat> it is now 12.30, and this is due out in 30 minutes. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, you've been listening to Conversations with Kerry. I have been your host, Kerry Douglas, and I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm praying that you've enjoyed it, to be fair. Um, slightly breaking it, just in case you haven't. I am... I am what I am. I am who I am because my life has created me to be, you know. Um, I feel like my life has dealt me or it's been a poor hand of cards. But at the same time, it has taught me stuff that oh, has been incredible. And it has taught me things like oh, I can't even explain, you know. It, I'm hoping that my book now will be used as a tool, a weapon, to be able to combat homelessness, to be able, I want to stand on that front line, right at the front, like saying, come on, let's be having now, because it's it's time to end it all now, it's time to have a look at what's going on around us, stop looking outside, and start looking at, at our own, you know, and I don't mean to sound like discriminative or whatever the word is what I mean by that is we're spending so much time money and effort on on other stuff outside of the UK and we're not looking at our actual own citizens are we well I'm not saying that we as in us as a collective I mean the government you know it's like let's look at our own people yeah all right I've seen this morning about um no tax for universal credit and and, and caps here and there but it's, it's Honestly, man, if you just prioritise them funds you got sat there in the bank a little bit better, you might see a lot of resolutions just saying, there's another just saying. Honestly, anyone go through this podcast and count how many times I say just saying, I'll give you a free signed book. Um, on the note of the book, if anyone wants to buy the book, for this weekend is the last weekend for the buy one, get one free offer. So I'm offering signed copies of the book, buy one, get one free. And um, yeah get in touch if you want them um yeah so i feel like i'm waffling now because i really can't remember what i said yesterday and i haven't got time to go over the other recording and the recording i've just recorded like half an hour for the last past half an hour has now disappeared so um, i'm just going to wrap it up i reckon if you want to know anything about me or my story or anything about the circumstance get in touch Kerry Douglas at dropthelabel.co.uk. I am always prepared to, 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 to be honest, to be open and vulnerable because I believe that vulnerability is a superpower, not a weakness. I believe that by being vulnerable, we are being strong. And by being vulnerable, we can also set other people free because it is by the power of our testimony that we are set free. And yeah, I believe that each and every single person listening, whatever you're going up against today, just remember that nothing is impossible. Because if I can go from a cardboard box, sleeping in a cardboard box, to living in a four bedroom house and speaking in the houses of parliament, then blinking out, you can do anything really, can't you? You know, 13, sleeping on the streets, no education. We don't need no education. That was my that was my mentality back then, you know. Think about that, like, 
and now look where I'm at. And that's not me saying, woohoo, look at me. That's just me being honest. Like, let's have it right. Anyone can do anything if you actually put your mind to it and persevere. So on that note, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Conversations with Kerry. Drop me a message if you wish. I would love to hear from you. And yeah, tune in next time. We are going to have be having a conversation with Henrietta McEwen. She is a fabulous woman from London. Well, she's actually from Scotland, but she's a friend, she's a colleague, and she is an absolute superhero in London on the front line bringing change. So check out the, the the socials for more on her and what she's doing and tune in next Friday to listen to what she has to say. So yeah, gonna say goodbye now. I hope you've, oh, do you know what? I really don't know what to say. I really don't know how to wrap up or anything. So I'm gonna try and be a bit more prepared for next week because I thought this was just gonna be an easy, quick record, send out, but it really ain't, is it? So You've been listening to Conversations with Kerry, the real, raw and honest conversation and podcast that should have been. Thanks for listening. Do subscribe. I promise the next one might sound a little bit more pro. Take care.